Section 77 of The Toilers of the Sea by Victor Hugo. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain, read by John Greenman. Chapter 3 Explanation of the Noise to which Gilead Listened. The great descent of the winds towards the earth takes place at the equinoxes. At these epochs, the balance of the tropics and the poles sways up and down, and the colossal atmospheric tide pours its flood upon one hemisphere and its ebb upon the other. There are constellations which signify these phenomena, Libra, the balance, and Aquarius, the water-bearer. It is the time of tempests. The sea waits and preserves silence. Sometimes the sky wears an evil look. It is pallid, a great dark veil obscures it. Mariners gaze with anxiety at the irritated aspect of the gloom. But it is its satisfied aspect which they fear the most. A smiling equinoctial sky is the storm showing a velvet paw. With such skies, the tower of weepers at Amsterdam is filled with women scanning the horizon. When the vernal or autumnal tempest is behind time, it is only gathering up strength. It hoards up for ravages. Distrust arrearages. Ango was wont to say, The sea is a good paymaster. When the delay has been too long, the sea displays its impatience only by more calm but the magnetic tension is manifested by what may be called the inflammation of the water. Gleams leap from the waves. Electric air, phosphoric water. Sailors feel languid. This time is particularly perilous for ironclads. Their iron hulls may be productive of variations of the compass and destroy them. The transatlantic steamer, the Yoa, note, probably intended for Iowa, perished from this cause. For those who are familiar with the sea, its aspect at such moments is strange. One would say that it desired and feared the cyclone. Certain unions, though strongly urged by nature, are accepted in this fashion. The lioness in heat flees before the lion. The sea is also in heat, hence its trembling the immense marriage is about to take place. This marriage, like the bridles of the emperor of old, is celebrated by exterminations. It is a festival seasoned with disasters. Meanwhile, from the distance, from the open sea, from the impregnable latitudes, from the livid horizon of solitudes, from the depths of boundless liberty, the winds arrive. Pay attention. It is the equinoctial fact. A tempest is a thing that plots mischief. Ancient mythology caught a glimpse of these indistinct personalities mingled with vast, diffused nature. Aeolus lays his plans with Boreas. The alliance between element and element is necessary. They distribute the task among themselves. Impulsions must be communicated to the wave, to the cloud, to the effluvium. Night is an auxiliary. It is important that it should be employed. There are compasses to be falsified, beacons to be extinguished, lighthouses to be masked, stars to be hidden. The sea must cooperate. Every storm is preceded by a murmur. 
Behind the horizon the preliminary whispering of the hurricanes is in progress. The noise which one hears lies far away in the gloom, above the frightened silence of the sea. Gilead had heard this redoubtable whisper. The phosphorescence had been the first warning. This murmur was the second. If the demon legion exists, it is assuredly he who is the wind. The wind is multiple, but the air is one. Hence this result. All storms are mixed. The unity of the air exacts this. The whole abyss is involved in a tempest. The entire ocean is contained in a squall. Its total forces enter into it in line, and take part. A wave is the gulf from below, a gust is the gulf from above. To have to deal with a squall is to have to do with all the sea and all the sky. Messier, the naval authority, the thoughtful astronomer of the little lodge at Cluny, said, The wind is from everywhere and is everywhere. He did not believe in imprisoned winds, even in inland seas. There were no Mediterranean winds for him. He said that he recognized them on their passage. He affirmed that on such a day, at such an hour, the fern of Lake Constance, the ancient Favonius of Lucretius, had traversed the horizon of Paris. On such another day, the Bora of the Adriatic. On such another day, the gyrating notice, which is said to be shut up in the circle of the Cyclades. He indicated its emanations. He did not think that the south wind which whirls between Malta and Tunis and the south wind which blows between Corsica and the Balearic Isles were unable to escape. He did not admit that there were winds confined like bears in cages. He said, All rain comes from the tropics and all lightning from the poles. The wind is, in fact, saturated with electricity at the intersection of the caluras, which marks the extremities of the axis, and with water at the equator and it brings us liquid from the equatorial line and fluid from the poles. Ubiquity is the wind. This, of course, does not mean that windy zones do not exist. Nothing is more firmly established than these afflations with continual currents, and some day aerial navigation by means of airships, which in our mania for the Greek we call aeroscaphs, will utilize the principal currents. The canalization of the air by the wind is incontestable. There are rivers of wind, streams of wind, and brooks of wind. Only these branchings in the air are made in a directly opposite way from branchings of the water. Here it is the brooks which flow from the streams, and the streams from the rivers, instead of falling into them. Hence, instead of concentration, dispersion. It is this dispersion which constitutes the solidarity of the winds and the unity of the atmosphere. One molecule displaced displaces another. The whole wind moves together. To these deep-seated causes of amalgamation add to the relief of the globe, piercing the atmosphere by all its mountains, causing knots and torsions in the courses of the wind, and determining countercurrents in all directions. Unlimited irradiation. The phenomenon of the wind 
is the oscillation of two oceans, one upon the other. The ocean of air, superimposed on the ocean of water, rests upon this flight and wavers on this trembling. The indivisible is not to be put into compartments. There is no partition between one flood and the other. The Channel Islands feel the influence of the Cape of Good Hope. Universal navigation contends against a single monster. The whole sea is the same hydra. Waves cover the sea as with a coat of scales. The ocean is Sito. Upon that unity descends the innumerable. End of chapter 3. Explanation of the noise to which Gilead listened.